Hi there, I'm Jake. Hi, I'm Krista. Uh, what do you know about DCOMs, Krista? Nothing. I watched uh, High School Musical and, and oh. Camp Rock. Oh, yeah. That's about it. <laughs> and I watched all of them. <laughs> all of them? Yeah, it was like an event in our house. <laughs> so join us for a DCOM deep dive where we're going to watch and review every single one. Motocrossed, the we movie. We are watching these decoms in chronological order, which means we are ready for February 16th, which is when this premiered in 2001. Yay! There are 10 decoms in 2001, and the most decoms was in 2000 with 12. So we've already made it through the most decoms in a year. Oh, did we? That's the most? Yeah, that was the most. They never, they never topped that, did they? No. They probably never will. Gradually gets uh, lower and lower until it ends up to being about two to three a year, which is what it currently is at. Boo. I know. However, possibly the quality will go up as <laughs> the amount goes down. Yeah, I think <laughs> Disney Plus. With Disney Plus, decoms are probably going to die. Yeah. The Disney Channel might even. I feel like cables is like I don't know what the future of it is. Well, we will be here uh, doing our decom deep dive as long as they are putting out decoms. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. For but it has to be for the Disney Channel. Yes, not Disney Plus. No, those can't count because there's no. We have no way of deciding where it cr- cuts off. Yeah, we're done after that. Yeah. So. All right. So motocrossed. Well, this one is about twins, Andrea. And Andrew, who both go by Andy, and it's incredibly very hard to keep track of. Um, And they also have a little brother, Jason. Um, Andrew is super into motocross. Um, Andrea, you find out, also uh, has done it since she was a little girl, but her dad does not like that she does it. and doesn't, doesn't know. Doesn't want her to keep going with it. So basically, Andrew and Andrea have this race just for fun, and Andrew hurts his leg really bad so he can no longer race the dad leaves to go to europe to find somebody else to replace him but they realize when the dad is gone that if they don't do the first race and they can't compete for the rest of the season and so andrea decides to pretend to be andrew and goes by andy throughout all of this and She basically gets better and better on her own, and the dad finally accepts that she likes it, and she does motocross as a girl, even though she's dressed as a boy. Bump, bump, bump. Also, there's a romance. She likes this boy that obviously thinks she's a boy, and at the end, they kind of, maybe, there's a hint of maybe something is there. Maybe. A spark. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty (laughs) realistic in that way. It didn't just explode and like wow we've known each other for 30 minutes yeah yeah especially since he knew her as a boy for a long time so that would be a little weird (laughs) yeah totally so uh what are your memories of this film jake yeah we watched it in tornado when it premiered um we were in the basement eating egg drop soup and i never (laughs) had it and i was like egg drop soup is the best (laughs) hopefully we don't die i just remember thinking it was like bad yeah yeah, it was it was really bad. I, I don't know. If, most people don't know this, but the most destructive tornadoes in the last 10 years have all been in the southeast. Hmm. I mean, this is like way more than 10 years ago, but I, I maybe the trend started then. I don't know. But it was bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, in Kansas, we're just all so used to them. We, like, watch them from our porch and stuff. Well, to be honest, I've never done that, but... I Everybody think does. I think it's interesting that you so specifically remember this when a tornado was there because... I remember one time we were in a bad storm and we were in the basement watching Chicken Run. So there you go. It's like it's like once you watch a movie during a tornado in the basement, it's like a core memory. We did it a lot um, when tornadoes would come around, which was like two or three times a year. Yeah. We'd end up in the basement or watching DCOMs. Yeah, watching something, doing (laughs) something, sometimes just doing our own thing. My room was in the basement um around that time and so i could just go to my room anyway because there were no windows Ooh, that was a dangerous room not during a tornado (laughs) i guess not (laughs) during a fire yeah (laughs) well here is some fashion for our motocross uh decom here we got so andrea is a cheerleader at the beginning and their cheerleader outfits have long sleeves and they're also long sleeve sweaters we, when I was a cheerleader, we did have, I'm pretty sure we had a sweater that we would wear sometimes. So it definitely reminded me of those sweaters. Our cheerleader outfits, I've talked about this before, were very old fashioned for the time. Like the trend had moved on. But since I was, I only did it one year in middle school, we got all the old high school uniforms. So long sleeve sweater included. They did not look cute. Blam, blam. <laughs> um... The main character, Andrea, when she has long hair, uh, before she cuts it to be a boy, she has these uh, wispy bangs that are kind of side bangs and then a a piecey layered haircut. The mom's hair looks a lot like Martha Stewart to me, in my opinion. It's very poofy, but short with bangs. Like a pre-Kate Gosselin. Like not full-on Kate Gosselin, but like what Kate Gosselin probably would have had at the time. Kate Gosselin. Yeah, anytime you see like a meme with a Karen, it's a picture of Kate Gosselin. Oh, John it's longer. It's longer than a Karen yeah, haircut. It's the pre-Karen. <laughs> the pre-Karen. Yeah, okay, I like, like the mom's not a Karen, but I don't know. I think that haircut because of Kate Gosselin is forever associated with Karens. Okay. Um, the boys, a lot of them, many of them have their hair that's like kind of going forward, but then spiked up in the front. Lots of motocross outfits. So that's the majority of the show. But there's also uh, Hurley shirts. There's a bunch of motocross brands represented. Um, There is bleached hair with the goatee and mustache that's connected. Like the, well, my dad had that. A lot of dads did. Yeah, it's like connected around the lips, really thin, you know? Yeah, it has a name. I I think it's just called the dad goatee now. (laughs) Like, really? It was just a dad thing. My dad had it at one point. I'm Googling this right now. Okay, I'll come. we'll come back to yeah. that. Um, there was low-rise jeans and midriff shirts. There was a turtle neck with no sleeves, but a purple zebra sweater kind of covering that up. Um, there was also a sweater with the top was feathers. And then, as I've mentioned many times, the horizontal single stripe across the shirt with like a plaid over the top for the cool boy outfits. Um, there is the claw clip in the hair, which has for sure come back in full throttle, which I'm kind of happy about because it's kind of easy, easy hairdo. Yeah, yeah, I guess that is convenient, huh? <clears throat> yep. 
And then last thing for me is there was just the horrible, most horrible wallpaper with these purple flowers everywhere. And it just looked horrendously bad. Like wallpaper is coming back, but that design I hope never comes back. It's terrible. Is it that bad? I don't know. I just felt like I was at grandma's house. Exactly. But what's wrong with that? I mean, I love grandma's house. I don't want grandma's house to come too hard in my house. You know, I don't think we ever had wallpaper ever growing up. We had a lot of like textured walls where it was like you'd paint it a solid color and then maybe do a texture on top, like like maybe take a sponge print and sponge oh, it. That yeah, was yeah. really popular for that. a while. So, did you find out what the the mustache goatee is called? I think it's just called a full goatee. Like oh, legit, full, a full goatee, goatee. Whereas, instead of just the yeah. chin goatee. Yeah, like a regular goatee. There's no mustache, but a full goatee. There's like several websites classifying them differently, but if you Google full goatee, what we're talking about comes up. Okay, there you go. I'll try to remember to put it in stories, but I'll probably forget. Let's be real. That's all good. (laughs) Well, this movie is based on the Shakespeare play, The Twelfth Night, which is the same plot as She's the Man in 2006. So if you were wondering if there was a connection, they're both based on the same Shakespeare play. This one's just a decom, much less inappropriate. I just have this distinct memory. This was based on a true story. And one of the trailers, it was like, and we talked to the real Andy Carson and like she's like yeah it's like a cool movie like she's i don't know she's not interviewing like super energetic she's just like yes it's it's i'm excited you know (laughs) and like i could not find this trailer i couldn't find based on a true story maybe i'm getting confused another another decom where they did that in the trailer but you just totally manufactured this memory it could be the mandela effect you know Like the Berenstein Bears thing. I mean, Miracle in Lane Twelve was a true story, and there's other, there's been other true stories. But they didn't usually interview the person it was based on in the trailer. Right. That was the thing. Right. They didn't be like, "Here's the real one." They did that for this, and in my memory. <laughs> but you know, I'm from the Berenstein Bears universe anyway. Uh, me too. Yeah. If you guys don't know what the Mandela effect is, um, there's this, um, like long-standing belief that people remember Nelson Mandela, the South African political leader, dying in prison. Well, he never died in prison. He eventually became the leader of South Africa. And so it's called the Mandela effect because so many people remember this event. And one of the theories is that like they're all from a different dimension and one day slipped into this one or (laughs) traded places. And so one of the other things is yeah, Berenstein or Berenstain Bears. Like a ton of people my age remember that it was Berenstain Bears. Like but everybody. if you look at the cover, it's spelled with an A. And so in, it's Berenstain Bears. And that just feels so wrong to me. So, it does. It does. And the, I have found a few pieces of evidence where it was mispronounced or misspelled, but it's like really uncommon. I am convinced that every adult in my life said Berenstein Bears. Yeah, and just didn't know? Yeah. yeah I, I think that's yeah. right. So I think it was just the adults kept mispronouncing it and we just all believed them. And I don't know how they started mispronouncing it, but... Anyway, are you from the motocross universe <laughs> where this was based on a true story? Yeah, I, think I, I like I how you went into this whole like explanation for you just remembering something wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm never wrong about alternate dimensions. Yeah, 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 whatever. Anyway, so we start off um, with kind of... Andrew is doing motocross and Andrea is cheerleading. Andrea 
gets a trophy for cheerleading. She comes back. The mom has taken her. And the dad, she's like super excited. And actually, the brother is really excited. And the dad is like, why don't we just talk about this at supper? He like dismisses her trophy, dismisses her win, and is only concerned about the brother who is only practicing. He's not even at a race. He's just practicing motocross. So right away, we have disapproving dad. Yeah. Coming in hot. He looks psycho. He does. Like, not real psycho, but you guys know that, like, friend's dad you had, you were, like, really (laughs) afraid of, and it turned out, like, he was an all right guy after you talked to him, but he just had this menacing presence about him, and you were like, oh, my gosh, like, Terry's dad is going to kill me (laughs) if I come to his house and mess up, but then you would, like, talk to Terry's dad, and it was actually really silly, Yeah, and you're like, oh... Thank God. (laughs) Just really intense guy. Well, and he just tells them, like, stop bothering Andrew. But what I like, too, is throughout the movie, both brothers are super encouraging to Andrea. Like, they never dismiss her. Like, occasionally, Andrew will give her, like, a little piece of advice. Like, like, if you compete as a girl, they're all going to make fun of you and they won't take you seriously. And... He's kind of right because she tries it once. So I just really liked that the brothers were just so encouraging. It was really sweet. Yeah. And this movie clearly establishes throughout like boys do this. Girls do this. <laughs> yeah. They really tried to play that up. So when she does the boy thing. Everyone's like, whoa. Exactly. I mean, even while she's at her first motocross event, they really overemphasize it because the mom, you know, she's like doing all the ladies nails and they're all like all coming to her and it's just a really intentionally feminine moment. Yes, yes. Um, right after the scene where they're practicing, I just wanted to point out, because I'm kind of tracking this, mostly because I'm curious, um, they do say grace. They have a prayer before their meal. So there is a tiny little piece of religion within this movie, which is not very common, which is why I'm tracking it. Yeah, I guess. We've seen a couple of dinner prayers, haven't we? Yeah. Like yeah. five or six? Yeah. Um. Well, if you give me a second. Common enough to where I think they felt comfortable putting a nondescript religious event in the meal, but not bold enough to where it means anything. Right. So far, we've had five religious references, and this is movie... 26. 26. So five out of 26, and I'll just keep looking to see if that shows up anywhere else. So, um, I think we should talk about how freaking rich these guys are. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I think that maybe you need to track like overall wealth and decoms. <laughs> this was the first time I believed the wealth though. Yeah. Because it wasn't like single mom, three kids. It's like, where are you getting all this money? Just is this, I hope it's life insurance. Oh, you're divorced. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's like, there's no way you should be able to afford all this stuff with being a single mom with all these kids. And it's like multi-story house. And then a lot of the time, it's just set in LA. Yes. So you know it costs even more. Well, and every kid always has their own room. But in this movie, they have a backyard pool. They have, I think they all have their own room, upstairs and downstairs. And they have a very nice shop for the motocross bikes they have a practice bike and a race bike 
And they also have a trailer to carry all of the motocross gear and equipment. I mean, it's almost like a bus. Yes. Is the way it looks. It's yes. such a big trailer. It looks like like the size of a UPS truck. Yeah. Is what yeah, it looks it's, like. It's massive. It's so big. It's just like, I don't know. I, I think what I would love to see is like a decom that actually portrays a lower middle class family or even a poor a poor family because sometimes they'll say oh we're so poor not in this movie but oh we're so poor and it's like girl you can't have a house like that and say you are poor yeah like i'm pretty sure most reasonable parents would be like time to sell the house and downgrade yeah you know that's an easy way to get some cash i know i had a very unusual um house situation because i grew up in parsonages my dad is a pastor but my first house we lived in, we all three of us shared one room so we could have a guest room. I so, shared a room with all of my siblings except my sister at one point. Like yeah. we swapped and, you know, and eventually we had our own room, but like it was a slow progress to that. And the first time I got my own room, it was basically a converted closet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could, I could almost stretch from like one wall to the other, but I was so pumped to have it. Well, I think I maybe mentioned this on the podcast that we had this guest room that we couldn't live in for a while. But one year I was so determined to have my own room. I taped out a section of our basement, like a large room to basement, you know, with the TV and all that. That was my room and no one else could go inside the tape. Dang. Strongly enforced by Got me. It's a classic <laughs> sitcom right there waiting to happen. It so is. I got to mention a little tech update here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jason plays a blue Game Boy Pocket in one scene, and I had that. That was what exactly I had. That oh, was my cool. first Game Boy was the blue Game Boy Pocket. Um, the second model of the Game Boy, so the first was is like a really fat, they call it a DMG. Uh, dot matrix grid i think is what dmg stands for hmm. and then the pocket came out and the pocket man it just looked so much better the screen was better it had better battery life it was slimmer but the screen size was still the same okay yeah it's it just a much better device though i love i still love the look of the dmg there's literally one right behind krista <laughs> um so Basically, Andrew and Andrea, when the parents are out of town, they have this race, um, just just the two of them, just for fun. And Andrew, he, she doesn't do anything to him. He just falls off the course and hurts his legs. But Andrea feels the responsibility to fix it because she did it. And again, her brother is so nice. He's like, it's not your fault. You don't have to fix this. Um, I just, I just really love the brother. I felt like he was the epitome of support and kindness and like he didn't never patronized her for being a girl he even like complimented her to his parents and was like yeah she's really good she well he said she rips yeah (laughs) he could she like says she should do the race um but the dad just does not have it so you know the dad does mention the girls do motocross but not against boys like in passing at one point oh does he he's like yeah girls don't motocross well against each other they do yeah, I wonder if there are like motocross races just for girls. Yes, there usually are. So I looked this up while we were watching the movie because I was really curious. Is yeah. this like a cross sex sport? You know, like NASCAR. Right. Like there's just no biological difference in NASCAR that's keeping men better driving better than women. 
Right. And I'm sure you could throw some sexist jokes in there, but like you get the idea. And so I was like, motocross can't be that different. Oh, it's definitely different. Oh, really? It's It seems incredibly physically taxing. Mm. And then women typically only race in the 125 and 250 cc. Most of them can't handle a 450, like going max speed in order to keep up with the race. Just, I guess it just takes a lot of muscle and it kind of made sense as I thought about it. Like you're yeah. going over different terrain. You're going in the air. You're curving hard. It's like not going to be like sitting behind the wheel of a NASCAR. Right. You know, it, it. I really think it is totally different, though. You can and they do sometimes compete against each other. But typically the men always win. Yeah. So it's like they have their own separate one and they can if they want to, but they usually don't. Right. Kind of thing. Right. Because yeah. I think they acknowledge like, well, it's not that much of an advantage, but it's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrea decides to compete as a boy and she cuts her hair and she like gets caught, found out by the mom, unless you want to talk about the store scene. I mean, it's just classic like duck soup. You I know? don't know what that means. It's a Marx Brothers movie. Okay. It's it's like one of those famous scenes where I think it's Groucho Marx looking in the mirror and somebody's dresses him on the other side and they like keep swapping and like people are like, oh, who's yeah, who? yeah, yeah. like it's it's just very classic that where she goes to the store to buy uh, boots and then he shows up at the store with the mom and brother to buy something else. And like the store clerks are confused. And I guess I do want to talk about there's multiple switcheroos in this movie, intentional and unintentional. And like none of the characters figure it out that easily when in reality it would be incredibly easy. Although I will say. I do not believe these two actors are twins in real life. I tried to find that information. They have last names, which I know marriage could do that, but I'm pretty sure, sure they are not related. But they do look a lot alike. Like, yeah. if you had never met Andrew and you said, oh, this is Andy, I think it was believable. But if you had met Andrew and then saw Andy, I don't think it would be believable. It's My problem is this. Like, the store clerk and then later uh, Dean, the love interest... Right. I mean, literally, you hear, like, Andrea be like, hey, and then suddenly Andrew's like, hey. You know, it's <laughs> like, uh, that would always, I think that would register. But Yeah, yeah. But for the the point of those scenes, it was funny. Like, it was silly. Yeah. Well, and Dean, this is the love interest. Dean, like, does notice. He does, like, start to clue in. And to his credit, Andrew, the whole time when they're talking, wears the helmet. He doesn't take it off. Yeah, and the clerk does, too. He's like, something's up, but he yeah. can't figure out that they're different people. Which you could definitely tell yeah, in real it's, life. It's obvious. Yeah. And I mean, the, again, they did a good job dressing them up in such a way where you get them confused because she's wearing sunglasses and their hair similar, but... And their clothes are, like, almost identical. Mm -hmm. So, again, great setup, but the voice... Dead giveaway. Yeah. Well, what I liked is I thought she was just going to completely go without anybody notice. And that was going to be a part of the plot was that her mom would not know this was happening. But her mom catches her and. <laughs> and Andrew does, too. Who? Andrew. Andrew oh, yeah, figures yeah. it out. Then mom figures it out. So like, everybody figures it out. Yeah. But and at first she doesn't let her. But Jason, the younger brother, he was like. Mom, I was learning about women's rights in school and that girls can do every job that men can do. And then he's great or she's great at motocross. She should do it. It just felt like, okay, this is the part of the movie where we're going to preach at you. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, what grade was I in in 2001? Probably, I don't know, fourth grade, third grade? Like, I remember hearing that and being like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. You know, being like, sure. You yeah. Know, so I I think that's who they're trying to reach. Hence why, like, everything the girls do is so overly girly and everything the boys do is so overly mannish, right? It's just so it gets across to kids. Yeah, I get it. I just thought it was so explicit and funny. And like, I mean, I agree with what he says. Like, yes, women can do every job that men can do now. But he, it was just kind of like so explicit. It was funny. But what I liked is that the mom cracks, doesn't tell the dad. And so then it becomes about the mom and Andy's relationship. And they have a lot of really cool moments later on. And a lot of heart to hearts that wouldn't have happened if she just completely snuck behind the mom's back the whole time. Right, right. Mom's on board. Mom's being cool. Uh, I think what was really funny to me, and I had totally forgotten. I mean, I'd forgotten a lot of this movie. Yeah, like you a had. lot. You forgot a whole important I, character. You know, I well, you know, I rank how often they played these from one being the Jenny Project and 10 being High School Musical. This is like a three or four. Oh, really? I mean, this is only a little more than Can of Worms to me. It's so weird to me because this one is really good. It was really good. It just, there's no reason to keep playing it if it A, wasn't like a hit. You know what I mean? It wasn't a High School Musical. It wasn't a Xenon. Or B, it wasn't a Holiday. That's sort of the <laughs> only two things that get these movies back is it's like the biggest hit ever or a holiday. Well, I'm just surprised it wasn't more of a hit because it, in a lot of ways, it's very similar to like, um, oh, what's that called? Johnny Tsunami. And it's very similar to Brink. Yeah, It's very it similar to like these sports movies. And I thought the added aspect of her pretending to be a boy and that kind of thing, that was like really fun. Like it was, it, it was, was very, very fun. It was super fun. And like, it was very, um, I feel like it was for boys and girls, like both could really like this movie because it was. I did. Yeah. yeah, I I did. And I didn't think anything of it. And now when movies or TV shows like, want to overly preach to me about how women can do things men can do. I'm like, I know, I know, <laughs> right? Like there's, there's sort of a line I think most people draw where they're like, we've heard this message to death. It's an important message, but you get tired of some of them, yeah. right? And that's not the only one I'm tired of, by the way. But <laughs> in this, I don't think I was ever really tired of it. You know, even now I was like, no, like it, they weren't annoying about it. They, they really, really only weren't. had the one mini sermon and then the dad said a few things and like the rest of it was played out by what the characters did rather than preaching at each other and that's always the better way to to teach these things and i really liked that throughout the movie the the thing andy wants to do is do motocross like she is not a like tomboy she is like a girly girl in fact, so girly, she, which I thought this was annoying, she didn't notice, but she left her nails painted. She's constantly painting her nails and it gets noticed when she's acting like the boy. And so I just really liked that, like, she was like really comfortable in herself. And oh, yeah, I also like motocross, even though I'm a girl. I thought that was awesome. That's sort of the thing they have done in these movies where. It's like being feminine and then doing something guys like is mutually exclusive. Right. Which is dumb. It is it's dumb. It's not mutually exclusive. You can like something boys like and still be feminine. And yeah, I think they were trying to fall through with that because she she clearly loves cheerleading. 
Yeah. Which, why weren't the parents at the cheerleading meeting? Well, the mom eh. was, but the dad wasn't, yeah, which come was on. stupid. What come dad on, would do dad. that? It's like a wife swap family, you know? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I saw this episode on wife swap, <laughs> almost to a T, where I'm pretty sure the guy did motocross and the daughter got ignored. Mm-hmm. I'm like, almost positive. Well, we should also say that the dad <clears throat> has made being the manager of Andrew his career. He quit his job to manage Andrew, who's going to go pro. So I do understand this kind of – I think he feels a pressure that maybe not every dad who's just watching their son play a sport feels because he's really put a lot – invested a lot. I mean, that's fair. It. Yeah, that's totally fair. And – He's living vicariously a little bit through his son, but it's clear Andrew loves the sport. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he forced him into this. So later on, there's this heart to heart where the dad, he's like, I wish I'd only had a girl because I didn't think a girl would do motocross, but I had both and they both like motocross, my boy and my girl. So and he didn't want I'm a girl. For. Well, OK, but the reason that he didn't want to or that he didn't want a boy and he only wanted a girl is because he himself, you find out, got really injured and had to quit. So he doesn't want... So he it's like this weird thing in his brain where he doesn't want a girl because he doesn't think they'll like motocross um, and then they won't get hurt. But he is totally fine. I mean, not totally fine, but he allows his son to do motocross and he's the one that ends up getting hurt is the son. So yeah. I feel like it's this weird thing. I don't think he's the only parent like this where they're like, maybe not okay with it completely, but they'll allow their sons to get hurt and they like want to protect their daughters. And I feel like that's a little weird to me. Like, I don't know that I understand that. I I, I don't know. Uh, well, at the same time, he doesn't want Andrew doing it. But I think as a good parent... Honestly, you there are some risks you have to let your kids take. Well, yeah, but but why is he okay with the son taking more risks than the daughter? That's my point. Because girls are more fragile. I guess. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, my daughter's more fragile. That that really is what it boils down to. But also, he never would have gotten into motocross unless the dad had all this equipment and the motocross bikes and everything like I know I was he could have gotten rid that. of all of that if he really didn't want it to happen I know I was thinking about that like these niche sports because motocross is niche it is how many motocross Absolutely. people did you know zero I think I knew a motocross person I mean I might have known people that rode dirt bikes but and that's they, it well he did it not professionally he'd just go to the course and you yeah, know race and right. ride and whatever so like you know this isn't like basketball where you can just jump in and try it like Like, at your school it's like a private thing what surprised me though is when she wins that first race or sorry she didn't win she tanks that first race and the first place guy dean uh they just kind of befriend each other and he's like really cool and he's like yeah just let me teach you okay that's not what happens i'm summing it up but that is kind of what happens but the reason he reaches out is because um Andy's mom is painting her nails and all of the trophy girls come over, see the nail polish, and she starts painting all of their nails. And then Andy is surrounded by girls. And so Dean sees that and he uh, he's like, oh, I want help with women. And he thinks that Andy is better with women, which she is because she relates to them like they're human freaking beings. (laughs) 
Um, but I really like the friend. He's not in it that much. It's Dean's friend. Whenever he meets Andy for the first time, he's like, I salute your superior bay magnetism. Yeah. Well, I mean, but before they even make that trade, Dean's like invited him into the trailer. He's like talking to him. Or talking to her like he's yeah, he's but he's being already really nice. seen it. He's already seen her interact with girls. It's still not like decoms to me, even though there's like a I scratch your back, you scratch mine thing going on here. Like these decoms, it's always like the the first place person is the villain, and like we have to take them down because they're such a jerk. That's true. That's been true That's in true. almost all of these. They've either like um, Miracle in Lane Two had an element to this. Oh, ready to run. Big time had an element of That's this. That's true. Like it's this is this is an outlier that they're even trying to become friends and it's genuine. Yeah, yeah. He is really nice, but also they are in different races completely. They are racing against each other because one is doing the longer race and she's doing the shorter race. So he's not in direct competition with her. I actually was confused about that because they say it very briefly. She's 125 cc, mm-hmm. um, which is just the size of your motor on your bike, right? And then he was he not 250? They said at one time. Yeah, in he one was interview, higher. Okay, I couldn't tell. Yeah. Oh, maybe tell. it wasn't the course length. I because might have got that wrong. It but. was like him and then his partner at the place. One was 125, one was 250, and I was like, after that well, blew over, I was like, wait the, a minute. At the end, they hire him onto their team, and he they're oh, like, we the need yeah, we you're need right. a 250. You're totally so, right. So you're right that he's super nice, even though he is a winner. But he also is competing in a different but type of race. I was wondering, can you not race both? Like, was he racing both? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, me either. Because if it's just different kinds of bikes, I don't know. I don't know the sport. That's part of the problem with this movie um, is you go in not knowing much about the sport. And so as they're racing, they're like knocking each other off the course. And you're like, is that legal? I guess so. Well, one thing I thought was really fun is um, when they start it, it's almost like uh, in horse racing, they have this little bar. And as they say go, the bar goes down. And I noticed in one of in the bike uh, on Mario Kart in the bike level, the excite bike level on the excite bike level. If you look at it, they have that same bar that goes down right before the race. And I thought that was such a cute little detail good job mario kart (laughs) that's what nintendo's good at is detail yeah it's funny i'd never really thought about it or noticed and yeah uh, i think one of the things i wondered about this movie is yeah like i didn't totally on this understand the sport but enough right yeah enough they explain it okay yeah it's not like Miracle in Lane 2 where we got a full breakdown from that dude from mr recluse man yeah, I feel like with that one, it's a little less obvious. I mean, you're both racing, but you're only racing with two people. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's just a little different. So she, um, Andy, and her mom, her mom notices that, you know, she's kind of into this boy who doesn't know she's a girl. And um, they kind of have this really nice heart to heart where the mom says she was in a band and her mom really pressured her to quit because she didn't feel, again, like girls could be the singer for the band, which is kind of stupid. But, yeah, you know, like pressure or whatever. And her mom 
kind of, she doesn't feel like super sad about it anymore, but she kind of expresses this regret that she could give it a chance. And she says that she would never make her kids give up on their dreams. So she's like, decides, yes, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to help Andy. And I really loved that, that whole element of the mom being there. I thought that was very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. The mom was a great character, very well acted. Um, and just felt very normal. Yeah, she felt like a normal mom. Although there was one part I wanted to ask you about as a guy. Because hmm. the mom, you know, the mom is basically her pit crew. She's helping her out. And she pulls up and Andy is like, I think Andy as Andrea would love to have her mom there. But Andy as Andy is kind of like, None of the other guys have their moms there. And I was like, and the the other guys are kind of laughing at her. But is that something? Because I felt like growing up, there were tons of guys whose moms would come and watch them play sports. It was super common. Like they were such supportive. I didn't. Is that something that you would have been embarrassed of? Not me personally. No, I always had a pretty good relationship with my parents and was pretty. I'm pretty rarely embarrassed as a human being. That's true. Anyway, uh, but I don't. Gosh, I just feel like in my mind, even in middle school, right? right. When you're at your weirdest, <laughs> I think that I remember thinking being embarrassed of your parents if they're like nice people is kind of a jerk move. That's how yeah. I felt about it. I was like, if you're going to act like they're so embarrassing when they're just being nice. I mean, I get it if they're doing stuff, talking about something you don't want to talk about, but like showing up to support you and being embarrassed of it, I never understood. And I feel like my friends were generally the same way. And if you would have acted that way, we would have been like, come on, man. Well, especially uh, in motocross, they seem to be from about 16 years old, even up into their 20s. And I feel like by your 20s, you're like completely over that. You know what I mean? You're yeah. just like, yeah, cool. My parents are here to support me. I want them here. Like, <laughs> so I just thought that was a little weird. I kind of wondered if it was like track. Did you ever run track? Yeah. Like, you know how when you play basketball or like football or one of those other sports, like you don't talk to the enemy team, like you hate everybody in a, in a sense. Like, there's just this air where it's like, that's my enemy. That's kind of how people act. Yeah, yeah. Whether you believe that or right. not, whatever. But, like, in track, everyone's like, oh, your son did so good. You did so good. And, like, you know, it just doesn't matter. No one really cares Because it's such much. an individual sport. Yeah, I agree. Uh, cross country is the best for that, actually. Yeah. I ran cross country one year because, you know, we only had two on the team and it got uh, canceled the next year. Right. That's right. <laughs> But I ran cross country and it is the most positive sport environment I'd ever been in. Yeah, my younger brother ran it. And when he showed up and my parents went to the meet and everyone was just so nice and positive to each other. They were like, what is going on? Well, I think it's partly because, you know, if there's, you know, like 60 people running one race, which sometimes there is, there's only like one winner and only three podium finishers. So most of you are finishing mid-pack like 12th that's true 20th 30th and you're just like kind of there for yourself more than to win yeah i remember i took a wrestling class in college and i remember my professor who was just a brilliant dude had his doctorate and was just really into wrestling he said there really are two kinds of sports it's like there are solo sports and team sports and he's like the solo mentality is totally different than a team mentality in every way because you have to constantly 
be on yourself. There's nobody to amp you up. There's yes. nobody to push you. And he said, like, in wrestling in particular, and maybe this is true in motocross, like, you know, you always have to make weight and, like, you have to control what you're doing 24-7. Right. Because you can't just eat whatever you want. Right. I don't know. I thought I I thought that insight was really helpful into seeing into sports like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even on a team, you're you're having to like bond with these specific people, and so since you're so bonded, I feel like the outsider. You're like us against them more than just me against everyone else. It's very different feeling. Right, and even when you wrestle as a team, it's still one on one. True. Everybody's not jumping in there together. <laughs> That would be a way more fun sport to watch. I feel like that'd be super dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it would. Wrestling's the hardest thing I've ever done. I'll probably get into that when we do go into the map, but <laughs> it really is. It was hard. Well, Dean does a few things um, while he's helping her. Like he jumps into the lake, tells her to take off her shirt, and she's like, uh. And then later she kind of hugs him, and he's like super weirded out by it. But eventually she goes and talks to Farron, which is Dean's crush. Farron is the most ridiculous character in this whole thing. She's kind of a prop character. Yeah, but she's a ridiculous prop character. Yeah, like she's just there to look pretty and be the girly girl. But I mean, there are women like that. There are. She um, is the daughter of the his sponsor his spon- his like team's yeah leader i guess but she like says explicitly that she doesn't want a guy that just only a- talks about motocross so um andy is super sweet to dean even though she likes him she gives him her in sync tickets woof, woof, and uh he takes her out and they become boyfriend and girlfriend so she like helps him get this other girl which is I kind of thought that was so nice and selfless of her. You know what's funny? You know the last time NSYNC like, went on a real tour? Yeah. It was like 2002. And then I think they did a couple concerts in 03. But, I mean, they've really not toured. Aside from those surprise solo performances at Coachella, uh, they've not done anything. So this was like the end of their That's true. Thing. I didn't so, think about like, that. Like, this was... You know, historically, if you're into them, this is like a really valuable ticket she gave up. Oh, man. She didn't know it. Man. Well. Because they're not the Backstreet Boys who just kept going. Mm-mm. Ugh. You poor thing. You could have seen NSYNC and tour and you gave it up for the guy you liked to get this girl. The setup oh. to get them to go on a date was really funny. It was. <laughs> so Andy called, uh, had them call her room and say like the her dad wants her in the lobby and had it all planned out and then gets on the elevator with Dean as they're heading to the lobby. The door opens like, what do you mean you only have, you have two NSYNC tickets you don't have anyone to go with, you know, right in front of her. She's like, you have two NSYNC tickets? And so, yeah. It was a really funny setup. I really liked that. It was super funny. And then they go and they start dating. He's got his arm around her in the next scene. So Andy improves greatly. She finally gets third place and the dad figures out where they are. He shows up and then he tells them they'll talk about it. And Andy starts to cry and Dean basically tells her to suck it up or the guys will make fun. But I really liked that Dean doesn't make fun of Andy because he thinks he's a guy. she's a guy still. He doesn't make fun of his friend. He just is like, okay, stop crying or these guys are going to make fun of you. So I just thought that was like really, 
Like, really sweet. I mean, it wasn't exactly... It would have been better if he was like, just cry it out, man. But, you know, I still thought it was like he was looking out for his friend. He That's an accurate take. Yes. Uh, de- depending on the group of guys you're around, of, of course. course. But, like, yeah, showing a sign of weakness in, like, uh, in the locker room and having any kind of tears. Uh, yeah, that might have got you got. It just... It depended on the environment, man. But that's yeah. true. Yeah. He's not wrong. Yeah, so we already kind of talked about, like, it takes a while for the dad to come around. And he has hired a European, a French man named uh, Rene, who is introduced by kissing Andy's hand, which completely grosses her out. She hates it. It's really funny. (laughs) And he's pretty much the worst. He is the worst. He's been bounced from five teens in Europe for unsportsmanlike conduct. He starts bossing everybody around. He takes Andy's room. Which is really creepy. And the... The dad just lets him take her room. Yeah, come on, dad. Like, what a weird make him move. share with the brother, not the girl. Well, yeah, it just, it, it, keep making weird decisions, dad. Yeah, so, so Renee does end up going to the, um, the race, and you finally see Dean and Fair, and they're holding hands, um, and Renee, does the race and pushes a guy to win. So this is where Andrea and the dad kind of have a heart to heart. Um, the mom tells the dad Renee isn't a good uh, a guy. And she, she feels like he's making this huge mistake. The, everybody, basically everybody's trying to convince the dad that he's a bad guy. And just to let Andy finish um, and keep racing, but he won't do it. And again, here's another thing we don't know how it works. So like they were able to, in the middle of this three day, like racing event, you know, swap out people to a guy who wasn't signed up before it started. And then Renee swaps teams again. So, so what happens is Renee goes to talk to their competitor to see it's implied that he's in there to kind of see if he can be a part of their team. Uh, Andy, sees this and kind of confronts him about it and then dad the dad makes her go apologize and when he goes to apologize um renee pushes renee pushes her yeah like hard yeah it was like really messed up it made me very uncomfortable well that's when dad finally snapped yeah so dad snaps he fires her fires renee sorry which is a boy (laughs) to be clear (laughs) he fires renee and he talks to her about why he did what he did but i just loved that Uh, immediately if a guy pushes a girl if a guy pushes anyone really um fired yeah yeah you're right move you're probably i I think you'd be pushed out of the tournament anyway Yeah. you know like there was that wrestling video that went viral not that long ago where these two guys wrestle one guy like destroys the other guy you know just in competition Mm -hmm. and then the winner reaches out to shake the dude's hand and the other guy like just pretty much breaks his nose with a quick punch oh my goodness and it's like yeah you're you're banned from yes from high school sports probably for at least a year yeah like like take it out on the field not on a girl who's just trying to apologize like it was it was really dramatic i was shocked <laughs> yeah and then he swaps teams and bam his arms already around farron yeah that was the funniest thing like what do you how did this happen so fast dean, i don't want anybody interested in motocross oh a french guy yeah all right dean like says oh yeah we just didn't really like each other and then immediately renee 
swoops in and it was like comically fast how how fast that happened at the very end andy she breaks a little bit at a sharp turn and renee does like throttles it and falls off the race and at the very end renee reveals she wins but he reveals that she's a girl and the mom who has read the rule book really well defends her and said she'd never because she only put Andy Carson. So she didn't like change her identity. She um, registered properly. So she gets the win. And we find out, and I saw this coming. Yeah. We found out that the girl offering the sponsorship is a girl. And she gets the sponsorship. And now everybody can race. Hooray. Woo. <laughs> and there's a, there's a baby epilogue. It doesn't yeah. end right there. It's like... Oh, we got enough to hire somebody else. And they're thinking about hiring Dean. And that's the end. And it's still a freeze frame ending. Yeah. Why didn't we track those? I know. I could, I could go back and look through it'd all be, of them. It'd be tough because I don't know we were, that we were looking for it at first. Well, I mean, I could go watch all of it. Not just, watch the whole thing. Go yeah, to the just, very end oh, and I see. You're, like in your notes. Yeah. Just see which still, ones are freeze frames. It's so many. It There's is. so many freeze frames. It is. It's pathetic. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what Disney Channel was thinking. Well, I also thought it was funny. So she's like, okay, Dean, you're hired if you can beat me in a 12-lap race. And it plays this like really romantic, soft music. And they're also doing motocross. And then it freeze frames. And I'm like, this music is very strange for this sport. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's more about the romance. (laughs) Which you said, I'm romantically frustrated. (laughs) Which I was actually very pleased Uh, with the romance. I... I agree. Once you said your point, I agree with you. I just wish. I just want a romance that ends with them ending up together. You have romances. You have a whole movie with romances with multiple high school musicals. <laughs> you're going to get you're going to get and, and Camp Rock. Come on. True. Like you're going to get plenty of romances. <laughs> I like that. I really like it when a romance is realistic like that. I agree. It's just not like, oh, we're in love now. Wow. I love that. Like, mom's got a date with a vampire. Same thing. <laughs> right? He's, she's like, oh, the vampire hunter. He's kind of cool. Yeah. Let's Pancakes? have breakfast. Yeah. Like, why not? And, you, and they hint at it. And it's like, satisfying. Orion, Xenon the sequel. Same thing. At the end, you're like, oh, they're kind of interested in each other. Freeze frame. Yeah, but I want the sequel where they are together, man. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're not getting a sequel to Motocross. Dean and Andy, baby. (laughs) And Dean. That's their couple name. Well, I've already mentioned religion as something I'm tracking. We're at 5 out of 26. Disapproving parent. Um, This totally counts. We have eight out of 26 so far. So not as common as I thought. Not as common as I thought. We have a lot more coming. Uh, Single parent is still, it's been almost half of the movies have had a single parent as a prominent character in the movie. So, okay. Ready for where they are now with these actors? Yeah, please. Okay. Because I got nothing this week. Oh, really? Okay. Well, almost nothing. So uh, Andrea or Andy Carson, she was played by Elena Austin with 31 credits total. She's known for A Simple Twist of Fate, which is a Steve Martin movie. Oh. Uh, Inc., Motocross, and Hansel and Gretel. Last appearance was in an episode of Close to Home in 2006. 
So it was a little hard to figure out what she's up to now. On IMDb, it said she studied uh, medicine at University of Southern California, but I found somewhere else that she's just continued to work in entertainment, though not as an actress. Um, But I do for sure know that she has had some kids and is married. So it's just a little hard to find stuff on. Dean Talon, he was played, which is the love interest, he was played by Riley Smith. He has 81 credits. He's most known for Eight-Legged Freaks. Ooh, um, really? Do you know that one? Yeah. Well, he's not the only one. Actually, Jason Carson, which is the little brother, was also in Eight-Legged Freaks. So Weird. they worked again together. Um, he, uh, that's, Ry- the f- that's the first movie I remember somebody pirating online. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. We knew a guy who was just really tech savvy. And this is before most people knew how to do this. And Napster was a thing when we shared music, but not movies, right? Movies right. was like much harder. And right. he, I remember he said, yeah, I got eight-legged freaks downloading at home. And I was like, no way. That's in the theater right now. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So that dates me. So Dean Talon slash Riley Smith was also known for Not Another Teen Movie, Radio, and Gala Walkers. Although those are kind of small roles, but... Um, he was most recently in an episode of Station 19 in 2023. So he has continued to act and he's currently, or at least very recently, in the CW's Nancy Drew series. Oh, cool. He was also in New York Minute for you, oh, Mary Kay and Ashley's fans. Who was he? I don't know. I think he's one of the boys' interests or something. Um, poor Mary Kay and Ashley. He released his first EP in 2016. He has an album and multiple singles. He's been uh, releasing stuff under solo and also under the band The Life of Riley. And he's actually uh, been on CMT's Taste of Country Countdown with the number one of I'm on Fire, the song I'm on Fire. And he's uh, his music has been used in six different TV shows and films. So at least six times. Cool. Say. As a kid, he was involved in American Quarter Horse Youth Association so he what? can ride. <laughs> okay. And he modeled for Tommy Hilfiger. Hilfiger? Hilfiger, yeah. I can never say that I always word. said Hilfiger as a kid, but yeah, it's Hilfiger. Hilfiger. Okay. Andrew Carson, who is um, the twin brother, is Trevor O'Brien with 33 credits. He's known for Gridiron Gang, in time, Lawnmower Man 2, and Dodgeball, a true underdog, and apparently Ben Stiller chose him specifically to be in that movie. That's funny. Who does he play? Uh, <laughs> oh, just somebody. I didn't write it down. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's Gridiron Gang. <laughs> okay. I don't know what a gridiron is. It's okay. Don't worry about it. His last credit was in a short in 2018 called Hipster Haunting. He has produced a few films, but mostly hasn't continued to act. And again, not a lot on him on the internet. Like, I, I've had trouble finding stuff about him. Uh, but really quick, Jason Carson, the younger brother, was Scott Tara with 23 credits. He was on Dickie Roberts, Eight-Legged Freaks, Daredevil, and Motocrossed. His last credit is from one episode of The Big C in 2010. Uh, the mom is Geneva Carson. She is played by Mary Margaret Humes with 76 credits. She's most known for Dawson's Creek as the title character's mom. She's been in 93 episodes. So she's a very main character. For she that. would have been probably filming that back then. That would have been on, right? 
I have no idea. Yeah, that was a big hit. I don't man. think it's that old. Yeah, it it I remember the day it premiered. Well, great. It premiered in ninety eight, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm wrong then. She was also in History of the World Part One. Um, she has been in so many TV movies, mostly Hallmark, including such titles as Hallmark movie titles are so funny. Yeah, there were so many. I saw this one. Matchmaker Santa, the girl he met online, a Valentine's match, and a feeling of home. Oh, there's just so many. <laughs> she won Miss Florida pageant and was third runner-up in Miss USA. She's been a spokeswoman for Tropicana Orange Juice and Quaker Oats. All right. Um, last one, Renee was my favorite person to research. He was so fascinating. I almost didn't even do him, but I'm so glad I did. He didn't have a lot of movies. Yeah. He's only had seven credits. His name is Michael Cuneo. He's most known for motocross, the fluffer under the street lamp, and one short little role in the West Wing. Most recently, he was in Cradle to the Grave, Cradle to the Grave with a number two, um, as a motocross rider in 2003. So he did another role where he rode motocross. So I think that's something he was really doing. But here's where it gets interesting. He performed as a featured vocalist for the postmodern jukebox. Oh, cool. I love that band. Yeah, great. And then he's a part of Under the Street Lamp, which is a rock group and had a solo album, Back Alley Soul. But later on, he joined the circus, Titro Zinzani, and he's played a number of stage roles, including Cordon Collins um, from Hairspray on Broadway, and he's been a fixture of New York City's burlesque and nightlife scene. So I found him on Instagram, and he has this video of him in like a harness, like singing. He's an incredible singer, like very, very good. And he's like doing all this crazy aerial stuff while he's seeing with a mic. It was crazy impressive. So Yeah, I mean, to be on Postmodern Jukebox, you got to be pretty good. Yes, absolutely. That makes sense. That makes sense. I didn't know you could do all the other stuff, but <laughs> yeah, I you know. have to be really Join good Join the, the circus, so there you go. <laughs> Jeez. Well, what are our DCOM connections? All right, we have Steve Boyum, uh, our director. He directed Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, Stepsister, and Johnny Tsunami. So this makes it his final DCOM. Which we liked all those movies. Yeah, they've all been great. So, Solid. Sad to see him go. Uh, this was written and produced by Ann Austin and Douglas J. Sloan. Ann Austin also wrote Johnny Tsunami and Johnny Cabahala back on board. Oh. So there's probably a connection there. They are similar movies for sure. And then Doug produced Minutemen, Dadnapped, Princess Protection Program, and Starstruck. Um, Mark Curry, who played Bob Arness. I don't know. Who that is? He plays Norton Ballard in the Poof Point. Now, I don't remember who Norton is. I think he's the dad, which is one of the main characters. So I have it written down. Well, no, it's not. Edward Carson was the dad's name. No, the dad in the Poof Point. Oh, I'm sorry. The dad in the Poof Point. Ashley Nolan, who plays the hotel clerk, is woman number one in Stuck in the Suburbs. <laughs> I usually don't count those, but there's so few. Who cares? You did miss uh, a big Where Are They Now or at least movie connection person for me. So when the lady comes out at the end, she's like, we're going to sponsor you, Andy. You think we're not going to sponsor the first female writer? It's Laverne from Scrubs. Oh, 
Yeah. Well, I don't usually right. do minor characters, Jake. I know, I know. But anybody who watched Scrubs, that's an iconic character. Well, she's in it for like 30 seconds. I know. It's still Laverne <laughs> from Scrubs. I knew. I well, knew I'm glad you found I that. I knew I knew who she was. I was like, <laughs> something about you. It's been a little while since I watched Scrubs, but it's her. Uh, our composer, Christopher Brady, he worked on Going to the Mat, Full Court Miracle, Poof Point, Luck of the Irish, and Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. So uh, we'll see more of him coming up soon. That's that's it. That's literally all okay, of Okay, that them. wasn't that few. That was still quite a bit. That's a lot of movies, but not a lot of people. I guess so. Usually it's like a lot of people with a few credits. This was a few people with a, a couple of credits. Yeah. Well, critical review from our favorite place, the internet. Um, this got a 6.5 on an IMDb out of 10. And Rotten Tomatoes got a 76. Woo! That is not a splat, baby. That's much higher than usual. Yes, much higher than usual. <laughs> um, one person said in 2009, one of my favorite Disney Channel movies when I was younger, but it was also stupid. How could no one realize that he was she? It's like how it's like how could no one realize Clark Kent is Superman? Yeah. Bad grammar, but true. Yeah. It's totally true. <laughs> In 2009, someone else said, Love it with lots of T's. I ride. Okay, this has a little language, so I'm gonna bleep it. But I ride and it pees me off when people say girls cannot ride or race. I smoke the boys. Beep on the track. Wow. <laughs> so one person at least felt vindicted. Wait, what's the word I'm looking for? Vindicated. Vindicated. Yeah. From this movie. 2007, somebody said, these don't have any name written, but I never get movies like this where people think someone is their same sex for a long time. And then when they find out the person was cross-dressing, they decide they want to go out with them. Wouldn't that be kind of weird? Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree with but you. But they only knew each other for like a day and a half, two days. <laughs> you know, this isn't like a long term game. This was like literally three days is most of this movie. So, <laughs> well, he also kind of started to get to like her as a girl, too. So I'll give him that. Yeah. He asks Andy, like, hey, how do I get to know your sister? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. And it's her. <laughs> IKSIV in 2001 said, since motocross came on television, people have been swarming Napster to get some of the songs played in the film. <laughs> How would... What? <laughs> they liked... Apparently the, the, the tracks were really popular. For I know. People. It's just like, that would mean the kids would have to be watching the movie at the end, find out the info... Go to Napster, type it in. Now, we would have been on Napster at the time for sure. Oh, yeah. It was happening. And, and it was legal. And last one, Easy e 1983 in 2001 said, Some fraud girl tries to compete in the big leagues of motocross by switching places with her brother. She gets to the top by lying and manipulation. She should have been disqualified. This movie promotes lying and cheating to win. Also, the idea of a nine-year-old mechanic is absurd, which we didn't talk about that, but the younger brother is a mechanic. Anyway, it takes many, many years to get good. Go back to the Tonka toys. Dude, it's a movie. <laughs> Suspend disbelief for a second. <laughs> Some it, fraud girl. It's not like the men and women are competing in boxing. You know, that would be absurd. Yeah, this is way more possible. <laughs> 
All right. So what is your rating there, Jakey? Eight. Eight. Yeah, eight means I, I've kind of come to accept eight means I pretty much liked it. Like I'd watch it again. It was a good time. Was it super special? Uh, it's a little special. Like it's a little, it's got a little something that puts it above the rest. So I have a lot of eights, which yeah, just shows you uh, these movies were, are better than I remember so far, but I know, I know there's going to be a tank of quality and I know where it is. <laughs> well, I have Johnny Tsunami super high at nine, but looking at my ratings, that's like the one that I thought, oh, I like it about the same as Johnny Tsunami. I love Johnny Tsunami, And there's man. so many I rated like, I think I should rate higher now, like You Lucky Dog. Finally. And, yeah. So How I want to change. I have to wait for you to up You Lucky Dog? <laughs> I'm going to change that to a 9.3. This nope, is. Nope. Once again. Okay. I'm just going to tell you what I want. I want You Lucky Dog up to a 9.3. Yeah. I liked this better than Johnny Tsunami. Dang. So I'm going to give this a 9.2. 9.2. Wow. Yeah. It's. It is pretty good. I like Johnny Tsunami better because honestly, Johnny Tsunami is just the chillest dude ever. He's and Lee Thompson awesome. Young is so cool. Not that not that this actress. Oh, was you're not like swaying me now. I don't know. It's it's so much more fun for me to watch a character who's just like, yeah, you know, whatever. I guess because that's kind of how I am. I think I did like the her trying to be a boy kind of thing. I did like That's it. Fun. It was it was funny. It was fun. It was lighthearted. And she wasn't annoying about it, like no, at all. No, she. Man, it's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. And if you preach too much about stuff, you're gonna get caught. She knew. And I just want to add my two cents about this one versus She's the Man. She's the Man is a better movie, although they're almost the same plot. However. Andy, she does a much better job of actually a- actually acting like a real boy. Amanda Bynes is, is a comedy obvious. actress. Yes, yeah. it's just so obvious. So I kind of liked that she was like she was pretty decent at acting like a believable boy instead of just like Amanda Bynes does like a caricature boy, which is fine. She but, was you know. literally coming off two back to back sketch comedy shows, going into uh, she's the man. Yeah, so. That's what she knew how to do. She knew well, how she to, does a great job. Yeah, she that knew how to make it. Amazing. She knew how to make it silly, right? <laughs> and this person, Elena uh, Austin, right? Yeah, yeah. It's she's not silly at all. She's no, just she kind just of, kind of plays it straight. Yeah, honestly, and it's really good because of it. I agree. Well, uh, in chronological order, again, we um, our next movie is The Luck of the Irish, which we are possibly going to be joined by one or two real life basketball players that we know to discuss it. They played college basketball together. Yeah. And so, high school basketball separate. And one happens to be Jake's brother and the other happens to be returning guest Josiah Ray. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think Luck of the Irish is about? So I do know because of Josiah saying it that it is a basketball movie. However. Isn't, there's a basketball element. Basketball element. Yeah. Okay. So I think. And it's strong. Yeah. I think that the char- the main character um, happens to make it to the end of the rainbow, finds a leprechaun, and the leprechaun grants him his wish of being incredible at basketball and popular in the school, and he ends up, he, he just doesn't like all the pressure that being popular has made him. No. <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, you you got a few elements there for sure. Oh, really? But no. Like, overall, 
I I don't know. I feel like I need to rate these or something as to how close you are. No, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't I, want to be rated. Okay. I you know, it's not there. That's just what I have to say. <laughs> it's not there. You've missed you've missed most of the main plot points, though you've got a few minor elements you got right. Yay. Well, join us next time for Luck of the Irish. This land is your land. <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Everybody who watched that movie knows why I'm doing that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. <laughs> Thanks for listening to DCOM Deep Dive. Be sure to check out the movie we talked about on Disney Plus or on YouTube or on Amazon. A lot of them are available for rental there. And be sure to follow us on social media where every single week Krista edits our faces onto every DCOM poster. It's hilarious. Thanks for listening. <laughs>